And welcome back to the Tough Love Show. As promised, I got the icon, West Coast icon, if you will. You know what I mean? No disrespect, because the man is uh, worldwide. And many of you know his name and know his music, all of that. Anyway, no further ado, Mr. Shade Scheiss. What's up, bro? Hey, in the building. What's up with your partner? Man, everything is good, bro. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to jump right into it. That's what it is. Well, first of all, I want to ask you, man, Mr. Scheiss, man, what made you get into the music industry, man? How did you know you was built for it? How you know it was built for you? Um, To be honest, I, I grew into it, and I grew up with it. So I didn't know that I was built for it, and it probably didn't know if, if I was either. I kind of learned as I went along. Honestly, when I um when I actually blew up in 2000, um off of the the where I want to be record, like I didn't expect that to happen, and I didn't know it was going to happen. Of course, I knew I had two legends on the track with me, and I knew the song was dope when I recorded it, but I had no idea it was going to go, you know, to the magnitude that it did, and it was going to take me everywhere that it did. So. I wasn't prepared for that. You know, you practice and practice and work on your craft and, you know, get your skill up and tap into your talent and do what you do. But you never really know. You just hope. So I always had hope. I always had faith that I was going to make it and do what I do and just do your best at it. But I didn't know. So, you know, um, I came into the game and I, I learned as, as I came up. I was just a teenager. I was fresh out of high school when I did that record and everything just I'm traveling the world and I'm on tour. I'm working on albums and compilations and TV shows and movie soundtracks and writing songs for artists that I used to listen to growing up. And like, it's crazy. I just got kind of thrown into this whole thing. And it all started in elementary school, you know, watching Crisscross and Another Bad Creation and, you know, the youngsters do what they do and just feeling like if they can do that and, and they're in my age bracket like well, why can't you do that too and represent for where I'm from but I got turned out by that that gangster rap music at a very early age pretty much at the, the same year that I got into the whole crisscross and all of that I got to like DJ Quick and NWA Ice Cube and Dre and Easy and them so I got the perfect mix of both of those at the the same time and, and that's pretty much what developed my style. The whole shade chice once that one style is the shade which is the more smooth mellow, smooth grooves or whatever. And the shice of course is the more hardcore edge, you know, the more bang for the buck. Perfect. You actually answer two questions in one because you know, I was going to ask you about the whole shade shice where that name derived from, but I'm glad you stuck that in there. Perfect. I can tell you a, you a seasoned artist at this. All right, well, let me ask you this, man. How did the whole single come together with you and uh, Nate Dogg and Corrupt, man? How did how did that happen? Like, through a, through a mutual connect? Or what was the deal? Well, I was, um, I was already label mates with Nate Dogg back in, I don't remember if it was 98 or 99. And we were signed to Death Row Breakaway Records. I, I had signed to break, well, we both signed to Breakaway Records, and then they ended up acquiring Death Row Records. And this was when Nate Dogg was working on G Funk Classics, Volume 1 and 2, the double album. And 
I first met him at the release party for his album, and you know, I didn't, I didn't really maintain a constant contact with him from that point. It was just like I met him, and and he knew who I was. I, obviously, I know who he was, legend. And um, the the deal with Breakaway Death Row. I got out of that like two months in. Two months after they, they turned into Death Row Records, I pretty much got out of that deal um, and went elsewhere with with the album that I was working on. So I didn't really run back into Nate Dogg until 2000 when me and The Mizzle was working on a compilation after we got signed to London Sire Warner Brothers Records. And Mizzle just invited him. Mizzle had always known him from, you know, working at the radio station. He, he knew all the artists, so we were just going over a list of artists that we wanted to work with on this compilation because we wanted it to be an all-star cast. So, of course, Nate was definitely one of the artists. So we we hit him up and, and had him come through to the, to the session, and I was going over some beats that KG from Naughty by Nature had gave me, and he heard that one, and he kind of just flipped over and thought it was, like, Dope. Thought it was the dopest thing ever. I didn't really care for that beat, to be honest. When I first heard it, I didn't. I didn't really like it. I thought it was too, too pop. But um, he liked it a lot, so he just he went right into the booth and belted out that hook like it was nothing. Like he didn't even write it down, and it, it didn't even seem like he thought about it. It just kind of came to him. So after I heard that hook, I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now. And, uh, you know, that, that inspired me to write a couple of verses for that. And I did a first, I did a first draft of it. And then I did a second draft of it, two different verses. And, um, while I was working on that, Corrupt happened to be working in the studio that was down the way from where we were at in the other room. And, uh, he popped his head in there. I, I think he knew that Nate was over here or whatever. And so he popped his head in. And heard what we were working on, and it was like, damn, what's this? And it was only right to work itself out to where he ended up getting on that. And so, like, little did I know I was about to get two legends on a on a record with me. It was just another day. I, just, I thought I was just going to come to the studio and just work on some songs. I knew I was meeting KG this day, and I was excited about that. But I did not know that I was about to make no number one billboard chart and single like real talk I didn't, I didn't go into that that session thinking that this is what we were about to do I, it was just another day so it's just crazy how that even happened in fact I don't want to correct you my brother but I guess three legends right because you had a legendary cat producing the track KG and right. Naughty Right. Then, okay. then you had the opportunity hey, to corrupt that, that, that's you absolutely right because KG is a legend if, if you know anything about Naughty by Nature records or just Naughty by Nature the group in general they are most definitely a legendary group and I personally am, am one of the biggest fans of their music they made some of the most incredible music ever and I still listen to Naughty by Nature to this day classics never die I agree I agree and, and the song you put together belong right there on that same plateau classic man it is a classic and KG did another song um that I did with Nate Dogg called Wake Up and that one was also another Billboard chart top 5 top 10 single and that one is a classic too so I mean I guess anything that he touches most definitely is a classic it ain't a hit it's Nate Dogg until Nate Dogg spit so yeah. then you got that and then Corrupt you know what I'm saying legendary came from the, the original 
original Death Row era. Everybody you know Corrupt is one of the illest MCs from this side. And uh, and even Demiza, you know what I'm saying? Demiza played his part in, in doing some of the, the co-production and, and pretty much just setting the whole session up, getting all of these people in one room together so we can even come up with this magical hit. You know what I mean? Right. Well, let me ask you this, man, because you've worked like... I jumped on Wikipedia and did some extended research on you. You know what I mean? Because I feel like what I already knew, which was a lot, because, you know, you know, I feel like I'm a West Coast ologist. So, yep. and uh, just looking at all the people you work with, but I want to ask you this. Who, even if they're in that lineup of people you've worked with already or whatever, maybe you've never met them. I don't know. Not sure. But who are some of the biggest influences in your life, you think, or in your career? Not life, but maybe career and life, maybe together. Well, um, definitely Johnny J. Rest in peace, because um, he was one of my first production mentors and one of the first cats to like actually teach me how to do music on a higher scale. And when I mean higher, I mean on that that upper level. Like the quality is is totally different than on some amateur stuff. So, um. Johnny J showed me the same things that he showed Tupac when he worked with him on All Eyes on Me and, and all of the other records that they just did in general. And I learned a lot from Dude. And it's unfortunate that he's no longer here to show me anything else. But what he did show me before he left um, still remains with me to this day. Like the quality that I'm on, the level of music and the quality that, that I make is because of him, definitely. Um, the Miller was obviously a big influence in my life because he actually taught me how to produce a record, like, period, like how to how to get with co-producers and actually put a record together and, and make something. So definitely Miller, definitely Teddy Riley, which was another mentor in, in my early career. He showed me a lot about mixing... Um, but, you know, he, he was the creator of New Jack Swing, which is essentially mixing urban R&B with hip-hop. And so I got to learn a lot about mixing, you know, mixing the two genres together. And not only that, just making a different type of music, a style that was more universal and more commercial. And so that's why, you know, the music that I make, I always keep in mind, is it commercially viable, whether radio ends up playing it or not? It's always in the back of my mind, is it commercially viable? And, you know, I'm always thinking about supreme quality and all of that. And it's because of cats like Johnny J, Teddy Riley, Mizra, DJ Quick, of course, Dr. Dre. Um, I mean, I work with the best of the best, like literally Timbaland. So I sat back and I watched all of them, how they, you know, how they produce a record from top to bottom, from scratch, all of that. And... All of that resonates with me still to this day. Like now, I'm I'm back to producing, and I, I pretty much co-produce my entire new album, and it's all because of what I learned from all of these judges. Wow! Before we jump off of the subject of influences and and artists that you've uh, been blessed to be in the studio, because I say blessed, man, it is a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it is. It is, it is. And for somebody to part knowledge and all of that information on you, man, not everybody is privileged, man, to, to get that. So that's a blessing. But that's real. I was going to say this, man. Is there is there any artists out there? You know, you can just, and you can make it short. You can throw one or two names out there if you so choose. Or if not, 
and we can move forward. But is there anybody that you ever want to work with or you ever thought about working with? You mean that I haven't already? Right, right. Um, usually when I'm asked that question, I pretty much say the same name, and that's Jay Z. That's Jigga. And um, I met Jigga before. I've had a conversation with Jigga. He, he gave me some real good game, and he even spoke up on me. Um, he didn't say my name. He spoke about a conversation that we had, and it ended up in a. I don't remember what which one it was, Double XL or the Source, but one of these magazines he did an interview for, and he mentioned the conversation that we had, and it was at the you know it was at the big concert that we had out here in Los Angeles, the Firehouse, back when I did my I don't know if it was my first or my second, I'm probably was my second, and um, you know he put some good game in my ear, and he, he told me that him and Dame listened to my Where I Want to Be song, and and they were bumping that song like that's that's pretty Peace, man. That's peace. And, and Jay is probably, like you said, the next up, next in line right there, man, next to, as far as living legends. There you go, man. Well, let's talk about the project, man, the new album, man. Well, I got the new album that I'm working on, Black Ops. Um, I just actually dropped the EP version of it, which is seven songs. Five of them are from the album, which is the full-length LP that I'm going to be dropping in, in a few months. I'm, I'm actually putting the finishing touches on it now. I dropped the EP as just like the appetizer, you know, my promotional, like my promo CD for the album. And then, of course, I have every intention to drop this, this full-length LP real soon. And this is just basically my G-Funk opus. This is my, this is my contribution to keeping the West Coast alive and, and definitely keeping that original West Coast sound alive because that's all I do. I don't, I don't fall in line with these trends and these, you know, this, this what they call music today, you know what I'm saying, from any coast, it doesn't matter if it's from West or whatever, like, I make the type of music that I like to make, I don't conform to, you know, none of these politics and all of that, because I've already been there, so I don't, I'm not missing anything, I'm not, I don't need no, no more fame than I already got, like, I, I definitely probably can get bigger than I already am, but it's not important to me to get any more bigger than I already am. Like, I've seen the world twice over because of this West Coast hip-hop music that I do, and I've never changed my style since I came into the game as Shay Shice in 2000. Because I came into the game uh, as Shay Montage back in the 90s, and I used to do more, you know, love, love, love music, you know what I'm saying? I used to do more for the ladies, and 
I mean, I was signing Hollywood Records under Disney, so obviously I had to be mad clean cut. So most of the music I did was, was aimed towards the ladies. But these days I still get to mix, you know what I'm saying, what I did back when I was doing my shade thing with what I do at Shade Shice. And I can make, like, I'm, I'm so commercial with it because I learned so much on how to make real records, you know, and all the time I spent doing both careers under both names. So... With this album, I tapped into all of that. My old self, my, you know, what I got going on now. I co-produce all of the songs on here. I got with some international composers to make some of the best music that I've, I've made probably ever. And, you know, lyrically, I'm on another level. Musically, I'm definitely on another level. And I'm giving everybody that sound that that's missing, at least in my opinion, that's, that's missing over here on the West Coast. I know we in the clubs, you know what I'm saying? I know we trying to dance and, and and all of that. And that's what I give you. So I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make the type of gangster rap music that's just for riding on fools, you know what I'm saying? Or riding around blocks looking for people to do some negative stuff to. You know, I make the type of music that you can dance to. It's just not that simplistic stuff, you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm more, uh, you know, I don't rate mine against nobody else. I respect all art, but, you know, when it comes to my music, I'm very complex with mine. I don't do single and simple melodies and this and that and, and, and call that a, a beat. Like, I really get into it. I get real composers to, to work with me. I get real guitar players and bass players to come in and play real lines, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't sample a bunch of stuff and then just loop it. I get I get it really played, you know what I'm saying? Real percussion, all of that. So I really take my time with each song. It's not about a marathon trying to, you know, see how many songs I can knock out real fast and then get them out. Like, I, I take my time to perfect each song that I put on this album. Otherwise, it, it's not going to be on there. So, it's looking real good. I'm definitely excited about it. I'm definitely happy with the quality of it. And I, I know for a fact my fans will be satisfied with this contribution. Especially since I ain't dropped the solo since 06. They definitely need this. You know what I'm saying? They, and they don't love it. I, I haven't been away this long working on this. I ain't been working on the album since 06. Like, I, I've only been working on this album for about a year. I've been concentrating on doing other projects and whatnot and doing movies. But I really got serious in this last year about going back hard on, on my craft as a recording artist. And, you know, I ain't going to say I'm, I'm with the gang been missing, but I know my fans have missed me, so I'm back to them. I'm not here to try to take over, no. No, you know, I'm not, that's not what I'm here for. I'm all for the competition, though. You know, if anybody want to wanna go at it or whatever, that's all day. But I'm here to make my music. I'm here to stay in my lane. I don't, I'm not inspired by what other artists do. That, that really doesn't matter to me. When you've been around for as long as I have, almost two decades, and you know, you got loyal fans that still like you, that still check for you and all of that, like... You answer, tell me if I need inspiration. I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I got that. I got that every day that I get up and, and still able to make music that people appreciate. So I respect what other people are out there doing and whatnot, but I'm doing mine, you know, and, and I'm, I'm good at it. So I ain't got nothing to worry about. I don't listen to the radio, so I'm definitely not influenced by what I hear. So when you listen to my music, and this album, you get to see. I'm saying exactly what I'm, I'm telling the truth. Like, I'm, I don't listen to nobody else's music, so I can't make mine sound like theirs, you know what I mean? I get you, I get you, because I know 
uh, prior to the interview, I was talking about the, you know, which which one of the songs you was promoting as the single, and uh, so happened. I guess me and you got equal, uh, e- equally great taste because the song you told me was the single was the one I gravitated to right off the bat. <laughs> the G Funk is forever. I'm like, oh my god, what? That's easy right there. <laughs> to play that right there and the whole like i said the whole project the ep the whole thing slapped but when you said when you said that was the single i was like wow perfect for real and i'm just i'm just staking my claim and i'm i'm just you know i'm in my lane driving my my vehicle you know what i'm saying kendrick kendrick just dropped this verse you know that got everybody talking right now and and you know the whole the whole hip hop world acting like they on on their heads. You know because of, because of him like just staking his claim for greatness. But that's what we do in general. Like that's what we do over here on the West Coast. He's not doing anything new. He's just doing it for him. And it's a good look. You know what I'm saying? It's a good look for the West because at the end of the day he's repping that West. But like what he's doing is he's representing for him. Like if he really truly feels like he's the best. He's about to let it be known. There's no reason to be tight-lipped about that or to try to hide it. Like, if, if that's you and you believe that, you know, you're going to go for it. And that's what he's doing. And that's what I'm doing with my genre of music, which is G-Funk. Just because you're on the West Coast, you ain't got to make the type of music that I make. And I definitely don't have to make and will not, you know what I'm saying, make the type of music that they make because I, I make what I make. But, you know, we all represent for the West Coast at the end of the day. But I'm repping for the G-Funk. I'm representing for the original sound that made the West Coast popular in the first place. And so G-Funk is forever is my ode to that. It's also ode to DJ Quick, who is my favorite type of funk music that um obviously i get my biggest influence off of so right off the time when you hear it you you wonder if dj quick even did it because you hear him right at the beginning of the song um and that was my intention i wanted to throw people off i wanted people to appreciate and wonder for a minute if, if you didn't get to see the credit if quick actually did it or you know who, who did it and then when you find out that i did you know i had a co-producer i did but um you know, when you find out that I did it, it's like, damn, you really sound like, you know, like, like DJ Quick did this. And that's, that's what I was going for. So, you know, I'm glad you like that one. That's definitely one of my favorites. The Sean Love to Above the Law, G-Funk Pioneers. Um, Sean Love to DJ Quick, Sean Love to Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, nothing but a G thing. And I'm just letting it be known, like, I might be stuck in the past. But anybody saying that to me has no future. And no matter what you say, you like the title suggests G-Funk is forever. G-Funk made all of these eras possible. All of the favorite eras in music, G-Funk made that possible. Because who do you think they were trying to imitate when they were doing all of that music? Like, let's get real. So we never fell off. It's just people started representing that. People started feeling like they had to follow and represent for what was in in order to be heard and, and not fall off or... I guess calling themselves irrelevant, but for me, it's always been the style. I've always appreciated the style that I know has influenced the world, and I'm not about to turn my back on it because it made me. You know what I'm saying? What I'm no like, doubt. stepping out on something that made me. So, you know what I mean? It's G Funk forever on mine. Trust me, that's respect. When I'm having conversations, especially about music with people, and I always tell people, like, because people love to use this word old school, right? And I guess there's nothing wrong with that term, old school. But I'm thinking only when it comes to rap, you know, everything else is classic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
You got the Rolling Stones, classic. You know, I mean, I can go, the list goes on and on and on and on. Classic rock, classic this. So to me, G-Funk is simply classic rap. That's what, that's all I see it as. And I respect it, of course, because, you know, my foundation is built right here on the West Coast, too. And cats like yourself influenced me, man. You know what I mean? Because I grew up listening to all of this, including you. So, man, classic rap. I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Dr. Dre's and DJ Quicks, Warren G's, Nate Dogg, Snoop Dogg's, Dog Pound, Death Row, Eras, Tupac, you know. This music built the whole industry. Like, everybody follows suit. So, I mean, why would anybody be shocked or, or wonder why I would go so hard for something that, like, never should have fell off? in the first place like Pac died and it seemed like just the whole side died with him you know the right. whole industry started to feel the type of way about the West and they they just decided we're gonna shut y'all out and they did a great job of it oh yeah but the music itself you know it ain't like the music just fell off or the music got bad you know and that's that's why we fell off it's political it's yeah, not creative it's political it's all political it has nothing to do with the type of music that we made but we've been brainwashed over here to think that it has something to do with the, the music that we made. And so now they're influenced to do the music that's in, quote unquote, in, because I don't say that this music is in. Right. And um, and that's what they're trying to make. That's what they're on. They turn their back on what they're used to doing because they feel like if they do that, they're going to say, oh, you outdated or you you on something, you know, you on something else or whatever. But like. My music don't sound outdated. My music might sound like something that you might have been able to hear back in the 90s, definitely. But I got my twist on it. Like, I don't make no old sounding music. I just make music that just is stimulating to the ears. You you know, you got something to say about it because I make it that way. Like, I invoke conversation with the music. I make it bump and I make it bang like that. That's how music was back in the day when it was quality. So... What am I doing here other than making quality music? Ain't, ain't that what I'm supposed to do as an artist? I'm not supposed to pump out crap. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm about. So that's not what I'm going to do. I agree with you straight up. Totally. I'm going to switch lanes for a minute if you don't mind. And I'm going to get personal, man. Not too personal. Friendly personal, man. Artist to artist. I want to ask you this, man. Maybe, you know, maybe somebody's asked you this in the past, but what are some of the hidden talents that Shay Shice has that you know, fans around the world may not know, you know, maybe there's a talent that you had that fans may not know that you have, man. What are, what are some of those things? Or maybe one thing, it don't matter. Um, well, I definitely don't know how to play any particular sports like good like that. I'm not no, no surprisingly great basketball player, even though I'm tall as hell, but I don't, I haven't used that, that height to my advantage on the basketball courts. Um, I don't play no football. I think I'm too small for that. So as far as talents, like music obviously is my talent. Um, I do know how to play piano and I was classically trained at piano for six years. Um, so that that right there is a talent, but it's one that I actually don't even use when it comes down to production because I do more orchestrated than anything. I don't like to put my hands on the keys anymore. I'd rather sing the melody to you you know, to my, my orchestrator, I mean, my composer, and have them belt out what I'm, you know, what I'm singing to them. I don't want to put my fingers on the, the piano anymore, even though I was trained to play, you know, some real good music. Um, so I know how to play, I know how to play piano. I do know how to, um, I know 
I know how to work a camera, a video camera, and do editing. Like, I know how to do video direction, and I actually flexed my skill one one session a few years ago at the Universal Studios when I got on the Bates Motel set, and I shot a, a short film on that set, and I really got to show, like, what I can do as a director and a producer, because I, I put that together with the help of some investors and, and the people that I was working with, and I pulled off a visual that was, like, you know, that's different and definitely um, unique, and it just came from my imagination, you know what I'm saying, and it was a proud moment for me, especially with the end product that I had to look at and see that I actually did this. So I'm good with the cameras, man. I'm good on the video tip. When I was in school, I actually had aspirations to become a cinematographer or just a film director. And that's what I was on my way to do when music popped up and said, now nah, you coming over here. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the music... I mean, you can still do that. I'm sure you know that. I don't have, you don't need me to affirm that. But the music just gave you a, a bigger platform and probably gave you a bigger springboard to spring up to there if you want to do that. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, I'm definitely back into that. I was I was doing acting um, before I did music. Um, I did like I did music videos. I was in two pilots videos. So many tears, dear mama. I did South Circle video. Um, I did a lot of videos, I did a couple commercials, I did some HBO shows, I did um, I did a lot of things when I was younger as a teen, so I'm, I'm highly familiar with that whole industry, but like I said, music pretty much grabbed me and, and just yanked me in, into this world and said, you're doing this, but I recently started to go back and do do the acting thing again and try to get into more projects so I can like kind of get my Will Smith on so I've done some projects I did a movie called Glass with um, Lazy Bone and Mo Thugs there's a movie called Glass with Big Cass and, and I play an um, undercover DEA agent in there and that was a good that was a good little situation for me and I did another movie that recently came out on DVD called The Company We Keep and that one was a really good movie um Campanella Jr., who is the son of a um, Dodger baseball great, he's an independent film director, and he made this movie, and it's a romantic comedy that's set in the, the urban hip-hop music industry, and I play myself in this one. It's a small part, it's nothing like huge or anything, but I definitely get to flex as, as myself in, in this one, and um, it's a good look. So I'm... I'm definitely got you know my hands back in in that mix and if i can get bigger and better opportunities with that i'm definitely not going to turn them down you know what i'm saying i do my music and i definitely more light on my acting tips as well phenomenal phenomenal but mr shay shice man you know what i'm saying i do appreciate you coming on the show man definitely man and you know before we close it out though i want you to let all the fans know fans and people who perhaps who you know even artists who want to network with you let them know, you know, the best way to get at you. You know what I mean? Website, social networks, all of that. Well, I'm definitely on all the social networks, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and whatnot. But the best way to reach me and to reach all of those pages is just go to my official website, shayshice.net, and shice is S-H-E-I-S-T. So hit up shayshice.net, and if you hit that at the very top, you know what I'm saying, you'll see my social bar. And you can link with me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, um, everything that I'm on. You can get my music, 
Um, you can download my new album there for free. And you can have access basically to everything that's about me. So when Google fails or, you know, you don't want to Google me, you can just hit up my official website. And you can find all my pages right there. Y'all heard it. ShayScheist.net. So y'all go check him out. Shay Shice, man, again, man, I thank you for coming on the Tough Love Show, man. And, you know, we would love to have you back when the uh, the official album is dropped. Just know that the Tough Love Show right here is uh, Consider It Home. Come here, put your feet up, and consider it a platform, you know. That's, that's going down for sure. All right, man. You know, this is Bro Bro Ren, Tough Love Radio Show, JNJ.FM, and that was Shay Shice.